Episode 71 of the Cooldown Time Podcast. I'm your technical mess of a host, Pablo. And joining me is my co-host, the graphically impressive Marco, to talk about gaming's best and bootiest. Marco, what's up, brother? How you doing? I'm all right, man. I think I'm about like, after doing the math, I think I'm like 67% better. Um, I'm shooting for 69 by the end of the episode. You never know nice but uh yeah man uh, that's the that's the one where like uh people do the sex act yeah you'll know if i get there if i let <laughs> out a random sigh like a little 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 whimpery <laughs> moan out of nowhere just uh. no Ooh. but i'm all right though man i'm still feeling a little bit under the weather but uh i'm a lot better than i was last time around but um so uh i kicked it over to you again to to kick off the show uh and uh, i'm sure it's in good hands uh, just like it was last week but yeah looking forward to this one man Nope, it's a mess. It's a mess of a mm-hmm. show already mm-hmm. because in this episode, we'll be covering PlayStation's price hike, St. Rose struggles. I mean, that's like the nicest way of putting that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gamescom reactions and much, 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 much more. And before we get to the show, uh, shout out to our new and returning listeners uh, checking out this week's show. If you like what you hear, Marco's going to go ahead and tell you. Where he can support the show. Where we all can support the show. That's right. If you like what you hear, give our podcast a sub. You know, we drop new episodes every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and even our official website at cooldowntime.com. We actually have one of those. You should go check it out. And if you're feeling extra cool, you can follow us on Instagram at cooldowntimepodcast to keep us in your FOV in between episodes. But back to you, Pablo. Let's get this show started. Let's get started with the way we always start the show, with uh, the loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, so I am still playing uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, just got to the, 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 the moment in that game that Marco's been kind of raving about, and holy shit, mm-hmm. that's a game. Uh, I think uh, maybe down the road, I mean, not down the road, for sure down the road, game of the year, we're going to be talking about that game extensively. Uh, but I played a new game, and Marco has played a, f- a couple of new games. Marco, let's go ahead and kick it over to you. What is What have you been playing post-Xenoblade Chronicles 3? Man, it was hard. First of all, it was hard to get into anything after rolling credits on Xenoblade. I had that empty feeling. When it was over, I was like devastated. I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. I, I downloaded a bunch of random stuff, and I and, and nothing felt good. Even, I even went back and re-downloaded Xenoblade Chronicles One. So I'm like, well, maybe I just need to, <laughs> maybe I just need to stay here in the in the Xenoblade family. And it didn't feel it didn't feel right. Nothing felt right. So um, I gave it a few days. Uh, finally, I settled I settled down, and um, I ended up trying out Rollerdrome. Um, they have a trial. Uh, for PS Plus that I was able to um, download and, and give a shot. Um, 35 minutes is all you get for the trial, yeah. which is spectacular. Um, but uh, There was a little bit of a of a thing on there where they actually talked about it being an hour, and it was only like 35 yeah. minutes. And then since then, they've rectified and be like, just kidding, guys, yeah. 34 minutes. <laughs> so, But you know what? It turns out I didn't really need 35 minutes 
uh, to figure out where I stood on that game. Um, it's not, not, it's been getting good reviews. Uh, I think it's right now it's back up to an 80 on open critics. So it's been doing pretty yeah. well, but, um, man, this one was kind of like uh, a disappointment to me. Um, I, uh, you know, when you hear about the game's premise of like, okay, it's like Tony Hawk meets like, uh, kind of like a Max Payne slow-mo shooter kind of thing with a little bit of like, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of action thing going on. You're like, oh, yeah, that sounds interesting. I didn't realize that that is not at all what I want to do. Like my, my brain, <laughs> my brain could not even handle those two things coming together. First of all, like I just yeah. never got used to it at all. Um, and on top of that, it just didn't feel all that fun. It felt kind of like a bullet hell sort of game uh, after a while, almost like Returnal in a weird way, where it just felt like, all right, this is everybody's shooting at me from everywhere on this map. I, I don't feel like I'm really enjoying anything. I'm kind of like, you know, frantic and, and, you know, zipping around and I'm trying to grind on a rail and then jump off and shoot a guy. It, it's one of those games that look really cool in a trailer. But playing it for me just didn't feel all that fun. Uh, it just felt like yeah. my brain was like at odds with the game, and I just couldn't wrap my mind around it. Um, so I bounced off of that that really quickly. Yeah, I, I played it too, and I felt this, the same way. And I thought it was just like a me thing because I, I don't think that the game executes on how easy it is to actually do these things because in the trailer uh, and. In, by concept, calling it like a Tony Hawk, but a shooter, you'd think that it'd be a little easier to do these things, but you're juggling so many things at the same time that I never felt cool doing anything. No. And I always felt like I was fumbling over my fingers. Like, what was the jump button? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Like, it, I just, it never felt great. I think the idea is really cool. I think that they execute uh, on that, uh, at least. It's just not for me. I, I think what this game really did for me is really drive home the point that for better practices, business practices, every fucking game should have a trial, at least 15, 20 minutes, because I was sold on this game because of the reviews, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll give it a chance, it's only $20 yeah. right now. Yeah, look cool. Oh, a trial, let me get, I would have been, even at $20, I would have been pretty upset buying this, just because of the simple fact that this is not for me at all, nah. so thank God for this, uh, for that trial for sure, I like, but yeah, I, like I bounced the, off I like of this the art one. style, I like the, the, yeah. the presentation, the music. And the music is cool, like, I just, nah, man, the game just didn't do it for me, but that's okay, man, it, it's, it's, and I like the world too, I think that the concept of the story is actually a pretty interesting oh, yeah, one yeah. as well. it's interesting, yeah, yeah. Um, I just think the bullet hell thing is instant turn off. Whether I'm on skates yeah. or running around, it don't really matter. But uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't get into that too much. But um, I did uh, get into a new game um, that came out a couple months ago, at least. Uh, originally, I was going to get Saints Row. Um, but we'll talk about how that game is doing <laughs> later on. Because, Lord. Um, Lord. So with that money, um, I ended up funneling that into a different game uh called uh i the somnium files nirvana initiative so pablo talked about this game uh back around the time when it came out uh and and uh i I think you finished it right it's all you you wrapped it up yeah yeah i'm probably about maybe three four hours in for those of you that don't know what this game is that was a mouthful of of a name obviously but uh for a quick refresher it is a point and click style um, murder mystery detective kind of story um, mixed with a lot of like the zaniness and art style of like an Atlas Persona game or something like that. So really nothing yep. out there like it uh, that, that I can re- uh, remember. Um, but it's a pretty interesting Dong and Rampa maybe. Yeah, same. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's in that same spirit, I guess. But um, it, yeah. it is very unique uh, on its own. Uh, this is the second game in that series. And um, I was a big fan of the first one. Um, 
probably about three and a half, four hours into this one. Um, I, I have to say I am, um, I'm not loving it as much as I thought I would, at least right now. Um, it is, it is taking a, a pretty long time for this game to kind of get going narratively for me right now. It, it feels like yes. plot progression is a, is a very slow burn. I know it's going to come together later. Um, like it usually does with this, uh, we know this kind of style of storytelling, uh, when all the pieces connect and whatnot. But right now, um, I feel like the starting of this game is a lot worse than the first game where, um, I thought that the, you know, the lead character of the first game, who's only really around in a cameo or side character appearance in, in this game, uh, Date. Date. Yeah. He, he was, to me, he had so much charisma and so much, uh, of a X factor type of personality that I think he really made the opening hours of the first game really interesting to me more so than kind of how it started this time around. Um, so I'm definitely missing his presence in this game for sure. Um, I feel like the murder case for now is a lot hokier than I expected it to be. Um, it is pretty, it is an interesting kind of mystery, but I think just the presentation of it at times can be a little eye rolling in certain moments. And I, I didn't exactly feel that way with the first game's murder mystery too. So I'm I'm not quite sold on how that one is going to iron out, but I'm, I'm still, I'm still working through it. Um, but I, I mean, it's not all bad. I mean, I, I think that it's still got a really good, um, you know, dialogue and storytelling, uh, you know, b- despite the slow burn is pretty good. The voice acting is still very good. The art style yes. is still very good. The music is probably my favorite. Um, one of my favorites of the year, actually. Um, yeah, I've been listening fantastic. to it on Spotify, actually. So I've been kind of digging it. But um, I think right now it might just be the growing pains of the first opening hours right now until things really get get going and momentum yeah. picks up but so far i just think it kind of limped out of the gate in a way that i wasn't expecting compared to the first game yeah i mean i, I couldn't even imagine uh kind of getting into that game after xenoblade chronicles even though they're completely different but the story of xenoblade chronicles is such expertly paced mm-hmm. that you you get into this game and i agree i love this game to pieces it's going to be among my top games of the year but it, it did it there's a very slow burn to it and uh and and just forewarning it's it slow burn throughout it, it does get to a point where it's like starts hitting but it is really slow uh it's a slow burn to the entire story they're building to something i think once you kind of understand what they're trying to get to you you you're in on it uh but for sure i I think that the pacing of the game especially in the opening hours has always been an issue for uh in that game for sure so i I agree with you on that if if it sticks with you i I, i'll be excited to see how you feel about the story Mm. i did like it quite a bit but uh you know we'll we'll see we'll see how that uh how that works out for you yeah for sure um i'm sure you'll keep us updated anything else on that no no, that's all i got man i'm gonna gonna keep working on that until uh the last of us drops and then um hopefully i'll be able to beat this before then but that's all i got going on this week and all that last of us accessibility stuff that dropped is just oh, like next yeah, level, like on, it's that, it's incredible. That's a sta- that's yeah. a gold standard right there. No, I, oh, absolutely. Even with uh, Last of Us Two, that their accessibility stuff was like insane. So yeah. uh, they're continuing that trend. That's good to 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 have that. Um, you know, PlayStation is in need of 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 some respect to to, to that. It needs some good for news. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm playing Midnight Fight Express, which is a new game that just came out on Xbox Game Pass. This is the kind of one of those games that I had my eyes on, made by one guy. You know, it's the the brawler type of uh, think Hotline Miami kind of game. Um, you know, I have to say, I, I think that the game is at odds 
with the design and story and writing, I think the design of the game for it being to one person looks really cool. I think that the level design is awesome. Uh, all that stuff really resonates, looks really cool. Unfortunately, the story and the writing is probably, and this isn't hyperbole, the worst of the year. Like, it is <laughs> fucking atrocious. It is, it, it's so, it's so obviously written by, maybe, maybe he didn't write the story. Maybe he, he got it, somebody else wrote it for him. Whatever the case may be, I don't know too much of the details. Whoever did it, Bad, bad job. So, bad job. <laughs> bad job. So, okay, if you had to describe, like, what is the elevator pitch of the story then, as best you can describe? Like, what's going on? Yeah, the elevator pitch of the story is that the city is going nuts, and you're a sleeper agent that gets awakened by an AI robot, and then you go out there and try to save the city by beating the shit out of people. That's it. That's the story. But <laughs> even the writing within that, the, the, they, they call the, 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 the main bad guys bozos, and just the stuff. It, oh, it's, no. it's, it, it, it hurts my head. Also, like, two rooms into the first level already repeating enemy types like it's it's mm. like it's it's very limited but it's dressed really nicely um it's 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 weird because i think that midnight fight express does nothing within the genre to make it stand out you know you got a year where sifu came out and that kind of changes the way you you you, you approach beat em ups and the hand to hand combat there's none of that in here like the, the midnight express uh, midnight fight uh, express wants to do everything it it lacks the personality of a hotline miami it lacks the in depth fighting uh, stuff of sifu it doesn't do anything even special like when you look at games like Mr. Shifty or Ape Escape, they each have their own kind of Ape out, unique. You mean. Ape Out, sorry, yeah, not Ape Escape. Ape Out, <laughs> they kind of have their own thing. Like Ape Out uh, has the uh, jazz music uh, mm-hmm. infusion into it, where you're kind of going synced. by the beat. Yeah. Miss- yeah, it's all synced. Mr. Shifty has a shift of mechanic that's really dope. Makes you feel like Nightcrawler from X-Men. It, it has these things. Midnight Fight, uh, Fight Express doesn't have any of that. It's just a straight-up brawl, uh, beat-em-up. And it just feels fine to play for sure. But it n- nothing about it really drives me or wants me to play more of it. It just yeah. feels... At the end of the day, it just feels pretty, pretty, pretty bland. It's like... um. It, it's it, you take all those things, the, all the mechanics, all the stuff. It's all the seasoning, and it still comes out bland as hell. It, it's super, super, super uh, weird. It's not good. It, for me, it's not good. It's getting pretty decent reviews in the seventy high seventies, okay. I, I believe. But ultimately, for me, I think that this game, uh, and I think I already said this, but I, it, it's it, it's the jack of all trades and a master of n- absolutely none of them. Like, and so after a while, you kind of get what they're trying to do, but it's. It, I, I bounced out this game even faster than I did with Lord Drum. I just wasn't really into it at all. Well, uh, and, 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 and that's surprising because I do kind of like these kind of games. Well, the thing is, and I, I hate to, I hope this doesn't sound too toxic, but I'm kind of tired of like the one person made this game like indie. St- like, uh, I mean, it's, it's commendable, obviously, because the amount of work that it takes just to make a game by yourself is, you know, incredible. But like, I feel like that kind of makes these games like get like like sympathy towards them or something or like or they get like yeah. a they're they're kind of reviewed on a curve or, or of some sort of leniency because well only one person did this well that's great but the game is still not great you know like so I'm yeah. kind of surprised based on your description of it that it is reviewing decently because um, it sounds worse than. Um, perhaps people are, are rating it right now. So that's kind of... I mean, go, listen, it's on Game Pass. You know, if Marco, if you want to try it or anybody listening wants to try it, you guys feel free to try it. You guys might like it. I don't think it's bad. I just think it's nothing special. Mm. And 
I when you I don't like that excuse either of the one man development team because you have games that have been made by one person and are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Stardew Valley, for example, made by one person. Insane. That game is for all intents and purposes. People who love that game absolutely love that game. Um, I forgot the other game that I was thinking about. It's like a super sprite based game that people love. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but it's 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 an RPG that people are, are are absolutely in love with. It's so it, that's not an excuse anymore. Um, I think that at the end of the day, it's a game that it's a video game, and I think you have to be critical of the game based on what the game is offering to you. You know, a video game is a video game and things work and things don't work on that. And I think that's the only way that you should be critical of the game. And I can sit here and be like. It's pretty good for a first per- for one person develop the team, and that's true. But it's also not fun to play as a video yeah. game in, in whole. So you know those two things can be true. Uh, doesn't mean that I'm going to sit here and pretend to like it just because <laughs> of one person making it. Yeah. I can, and and that's what I was saying about even the Saints Row stuff. You can be respectful to the developer, but that doesn't exclude them from being uh, criticized for their product that they've presented exactly. to us. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's all I have. Um, I'm looking to kind of finish up um, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and then get into my backlog a little bit and, and wait for also um, uh, the remake of The Last of Us. So that we'll be talking about that uh, soon enough here. But let's go ahead and let's move on to our news portion of the show. Hit points. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right, Marco, we got lots to talk about we do, here. Um, we, we've, we've alluded to it a couple of times on the show. Let's go ahead and start right there with the Saints Row goodness. Uh, Is it goodness? Go ahead, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, gonna, it, it's not goodness, but no. it's... Well, man. here's the deal, man. The reboot for Saints Row has been in the headlines, uh, as many people know, for receiving alarmingly bad reviews ahead of its shaky launch uh, with a 66 rating on open critic right now uh saints rows reboot has been maligned for its poor performance game breaking bugs cringy storytelling dated mission design wonky controls and a lot more um and so really you know this critical failure um has led many to sort of call volition's leadership and game making chops uh into question um, because of this and, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, the question that I'd like for us to unpack, Pablo, is is kind of thinking through what went wrong here and um, what this failure means for the future of Volition and honestly for Saints Row as a franchise. So yeah. um, what are your thoughts on all this, man? Yeah, I mean, I, reviews came out and I'm like, all right, people are being hard on this game because reasons and so you know i went to my trusted sources that i like to to kind of get reviews from people that i feel like we align in terms of our taste for games and they hated it even more than others i mean uh, <laughs> I, I i um one of the guys that i i, I kind of listen to his reviews sometimes but not always but maddie plays says that even if this game was perfect in terms of its gameplay everything it's still not going to be a good game because of the actual approach to game making feels dated and and i feel like you know what went wrong with this game is i don't think that they have any idea how to recreate what they did with saints for a one two three four because of how out of not out of hand but how much that game grew in terms of its ridiculousness into three and four that they wanted to pair that back but i don't think they i don't think they ever really understood what makes those games those games you know when you think about saints row saints row one saints row one and two 
people now kind of talk about them positively, but they 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 were probably not the best of the series because they they weren't really embracing that. They were still trying to be the Grand Theft Auto adjacent. Um, right. This game this game tries to do that from what I've seen and also tries to be silly and it doesn't ever mix. They don't really ever nail it. Uh, so I think that Volition in terms of its leadership, I think that it's time for, and I hate to say this because I don't want anybody to lose their job, but I think it's time for them to, to maybe do something else, find something else uh, that's probably speaking to them because it just looks like they're checking a whole bunch of open world boxes in terms of how to make an open world game and don't seem like they really had any kind of passion to, to make a next Saints Row game. It just felt more like, okay, what's a, let's go down the list. Oh, this is a popular series. Let's make another one of these and let's just check off these damn boxes. And that's exactly how this game feels. It feels uh, many have said it feels like a 360 game uh yeah. to the point where it's like I, you know i really wanted to try this game even after the bad reviews i'm like i should probably just look into it to see how bad it really is because it can't be that bad and i think the 66 open critic doesn't even do it justice in terms of how bad it is from what everybody else has said uh just full disclosure i've not played it so i can't speak on it right. as experience yeah, yeah. but i can definitely say from what i've seen in terms of the people that i trust like i've mentioned it's not a game that i'm ever going to be playing uh maybe if it gets on game pass i'll give it a little try but other than that it just no- nothing about it feels interesting it looks interesting for me to even uh attempt yeah this one is crazy, man, because, um, man, it, it's like, is this it for Saints Row? Like, I, I almost feel like this is this might be the, the, the end of it, because I don't know how you come back from not only being, you know, a disappointing game, but like you were trending for it. Um, you had, you know, the, you were the talk of the industry for a couple a p- couple good days there. I mean, it was all you. Yeah. You were just taking bullets everywhere and you deserved it. And so, like, if you're Volition, I don't know how you bounce back from this. I think, honestly, all they can really do now is keep things intact enough to, to patch the game up and get it playable with all the bugs gone and the yeah. the placeholder text of the mission stuff gone. Like, get that stuff out of here. Get all the, 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 the cyberpunk PTSD that people are feeling about yeah, this yeah. game out of this game. And then you got to get some people out of those seats. You got to get leadership out of those seats. Um, anybody in a director kind of role has to go. That That is just, to me, that's unequivocally got to happen because you have not only fumbled your biggest franchise, you, you know, you've made Embracer's stock drop as a result of this. So now you're costing money with, you know, all that kind of stakeholder stuff. And on top of that, you've kind of soured the community. So you can't yep. just kind of let things rock after this and pretend like everything's fine. And that's what brings me to the Twitter account. Normally, I don't talk about, you know, official Twitter accounts of anything unless they announce something or a delay or whatever. But this Twitter account for Saints Row talked so much cash for almost a, a year or really ever since the game was first revealed. Um, you know, kind of clapping back at trolls that were, or you know, people that were not high on the reboot thing, or, or people that had legitimate concerns, saying, "Yo, I don't know about this dialogue. I don't know about these characters. I'm the, the gameplay doesn't look all that great, man. What's going on?" And and this this Twitter account would like, kind of, be a little toxic in a way, and and dish it back out in a way where it's like, "All right, <laughs> when this thing comes out, and if 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 it fails, like it's looking like it's gonna do." I want to see what you do next. And now, you know, of course, now they're pretending like they have not 
you know, seen a single review or anything like that. So they're just kind of going <laughs> in blind tunnel vision, heads in the sand kind of thing. And, and, and now they've kind of corrected their tone because they're embarrassed and they should be. Um, and, and the thing is, it's crazy. It's like they're still out there because they're the official sponsor to Gamescom. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, Gamescom is brought to you by Saints oh, Row. I've been watching a lot of man. Gamescom. And it's like, oh, it's like a dagger in the heart. It's like, that piece of shit, <laughs> <laughs> It's It's just so remarkably disappointing, man, because delay your game. Delay, delay your it, game. Yeah. Delay it. If it, I mean, the previews were bad. Like, you knew internal testing had to be bad like there there was no way they they were going to send this out in the shape it was in and thought we're going to make this work like it, there's no way yeah. so just delay I your think, video game man it's not worth I, it to have this happen to you it's just not i think they thought that this game wasn't six months from now still wasn't going to be any good and i think that they had this partnership with gamescom and i think that this was the perfect time to release it for them and then they, they did. And, you know, even people have, like I mentioned, people have said, even this game is technically good. It's still actually bad because yeah. of just the game design and the world design and everything. It else, was just so. like uh, Agents of Mayhem. It was a polished turd, uh, but it was still a turd. And this is an unpolished turd. So it's like, you know, you, you, the, the needle's got to go up at some point. And so I think wholesale changes are necessary here. Let me ask you a question. Do we, do you think... There's a chance of this game getting a little bit of piled on. Um, do you think that maybe there's a saving grace in the game? Do you think that maybe there's something about the game that if you play it and it's technically fixed, that the game actually isn't half as bad? Because we've run into that a lot of times in the industry where people do like to pile on to things. Uh, and Cyberpunk, if you never heard, if you never played it, you think that Cyberpunk is a terrible game. Mm-hmm. And Cyberpunk had his issues, but it was an incredible RPG. I, I don't think that uh, Saints Row is an incredible open world right, action right. game. But is there a saving grace here? Is the game better than what they're saying it is? But because the industry loves to pile on, that we're seeing a little bit of, on that here. I, that's a genuine question. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't it's hard. Know it's hard because we haven't played it, so it's hard to say. Right. But like, I can see that from the premise of making this a reboot, just in and of itself. And you came back with a game that feels like it it's right from the 360 era. Uh, era. You didn't really reboot anything. You just kind of took mm. this gang thing called Saints Row and you put it someplace else. So even even if the game was in a good space um, technically and, and with optimization and all that, like it's still as a as a premise is is bad. Because you really didn't yeah. reboot anything, so I think the pylon is deserved because fundamentally it's it's a, it was a bad call, and it's technically in terms of its actual video game design, um, very bad. And Dated. and yeah. and even with like the story and things that are fan service, you you plucked those out for the sake of this reboot. So now there's not a lot of even that nostalgia to to connect back to. So I think on every level it was a it was a mishandling. And it's such a shame because this should have been an easy win. When this when this first got announced, I'm like, I don't see what they can really get wrong here. Um and right. they found a way. They sure did. <laughs> They're like, hold my beer. Um and they and they They're found like, ways. No, we, we... So yeah. it's 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 terrible. It. But um 
I may play this down the line when it's like dirt, dirt cheap, or if it ends up on a subscription service, which I think it probably will. Uh, it's gonna. It probably it's gonna will, have both to. those things. It'll, yeah, it'll probably twenty dollars by the end of the year. I would. I would be shocked and, if it's yeah. any more than that. That'd be crazy. But yeah, yeah, uh, I'll get to yeah. it at some point just to see kind of what went wrong from you know a firsthand experience. But for now, nah. Yeah, I ain't spending my money on this. Well, Marco, it, it seems like certain companies love to take one step forward and a thousand steps back. Sony has announced. A price increase for the PS5 in the UK, Europe, Japan, China, Australia, Mexico, and Canada, and everywhere else except the United States. Um, PlayStation blog uh, on the PlayStation blog, Jim uh, Jim Ryan stated, "We're seeing high global inflation rates as well as adverse currency trends impacting consumers and creating pressure on many industries." Meanwhile, Microsoft and Nintendo both confirmed that the consoles will stay at the current prices. So, how do we feel about this? And is this bad? Is this a bad look for Sony? Um, you know, I, Marco, I'm gonna let you go ahead and 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 talk about this first, and then I'll jump in. I, I got things to say. We all got oh, things yeah. to say. Yeah, this is uh, yeah, this has been the big story. And deservingly so. Um, yeah. When when I first heard this news, you had sent me a link to it. And um, my initial reaction was, man, this is unfortunate if this is the reason why it's happening. And I hope that Microsoft and Nintendo don't follow suit. And they didn't follow suit. And they were like, uh, no, we're, we're not doing that. Yeah. And yeah. slowly but surely, as I sat with this news more and more, it I got more and more sour about it. And I, I eventually yeah, got really aggravated with Sony. I think Sony looks nuts right now. I think they look absolutely, absolutely nuts from top to bottom in almost every way. I mean, this is such a transparently condes- like it's it's like so pro profit anti consumer that it's it's obnoxious to me because. This is really a sign that Sony is having two major problems. They they are not really they're not really aware of how bad they look in terms of PR right now, uh, or I would even say at all. And I think the second thing is that they have officially lost sight of value proposition for consumers. I don't think they care at all about that right now. Um, now I, I'm not one of those people. And I've said it in the past on the show when it comes to PS Plus and how they don't want first party drops day and date on the service. I didn't really mind it too much, but it was like, oh, man, that sucks because I understand, you know, people are still buying the game. So there's not a reason for them to need to go do that. This is different for me, though. People are already having a hard time accessing this console and being able to buy it because of the shortages right and scalpers doing what they're doing so it's bad enough as it is so people that have been waiting to get one are now getting screwed because of it which is already awful as it is now you're doing that on top of that you're saying actually over on the u.s side we just don't really care to do that because we want to stay competitive with with xbox right now that's basically what's going on so now you're not even sticking to your your core principle for wanting to do this because you want to make an exception in the places that actually matter most to you. So now you're picking favorites, right? So and then thirdly or fourthly, I don't know what number I'm on now. It wasn't it wasn't <laughs> too long ago where they had a financial call and they stated pretty directly that they were making a profit on on every unit sold yep. for PlayStation. 
So this whole narrative they created in this blog post about how global inflation is an, is is creating pressure and all this other stuff like it wasn't creating pressure for you, according to your own words. And so this is another one of those cases where Jim Ryan is saying one thing seven, eight months ago, and then seven or eight months later or something like that, he is completely changing his tune about something. So it, yeah. is this a bad look for Sony? It's a terrible look for Sony right now. I have more to say, but I obviously want to kick it over to you and we'll, we'll, we'll talk through this more. Yeah, I, I just think for me, it, it's it's one of those things where the disconnect between, you know, the the this side of the world and and Japan's portion of of, of Sony like they, they 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 are they are notorious for just not giving a flying fuck about the consumers I like 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 most people I have like a deep distrust of any big corporation so seeing Sony do this I question if it if not a question I am pretty sold on the fact that they're taking advantage of the current economical landscape you know they're the economy around the world is reeling. Inflation is at an all-time high. And I find it super hard to believe that the $50 price increase is a necessity for Sony. That it's a sink or swim, you know, kind of approach. Really what this is, it just feels like Goodfellas to me. Where they're, they're evoking the the uh, the economical approach of fuck you, pay me. Because <laughs> exactly. that's exactly what it is. It's it's If you don't have a PS5, because you probably don't, because it's super hard to find, guess what? Now you have to spend more money. Now, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are like, well, it doesn't affect me because I'm in the U.S. But this affects more people than not because... Japan alone has more uh, people than 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 us, or 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 that part of the country alone. So, if Sony needed to adopt a forty nine ninety nine price in, uh, increase to stay afloat, then there are much bigger problems on the horizons. But that's not the case. Sony's out here spending billions of dollars on acquisitions, all that stuff, and, and, and at the end of the day, it just like you said, it seems. It, it, they look absolutely terrible, and then you couple that with the fact that the people that the people within their own industry, Xbox and Nintendo, their their industry contemporaries are not in doing this. You how you know how bad you look? The fact that you're the only company out of the big three that's increasing prices, but yet yeah. you're talking about being the the uh, the tastemaker, the, the the industry leader, and you're out here so obviously using that and resting on those laurels to fucking increase the price and increase your profit. Like, how much more are they making? Like, it, it's it, it it's a it's a pure power play. They see the, the situation, they see what's going on in the economy, and they're taking advantage. It, it kind of almost feels like the whole COVID situation where a lot of companies, with I'm sure that COVID has evolved, but they delayed the game and they, and they blame that right. a little bit. So yeah. it, it kind of feels like that, but only to like the 10th degree because now you're fucking with people's pockets. You know, uh, I, I think this is is absolute horrible, and it and, and I always thought that Sony's customer. Uh, relation was always fractured. They, 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 it's not the thing that they are always looking to 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 make better. You know, they're all about making money, which is fine. You know, it, it, that's okay as a corporation. But when you're getting to the point here where you're you're literally taking money, out, making people pay more than what they should just because you can, that is you're bullying them in, into that shit, and that is absolutely horrific. Like. A mom and pop, my, my mom and pop taco shop next door just raised their tacos 75 cents. I get it. They're mom and pop. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But we're talking about 
Taco Bell. <laughs> like this is it's ridiculous, man. It, it it just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, uh, it's ignorance. It feels like the PS3 strategy where it's like get a second yeah. job, bitch. Yeah, and you yeah. know, and it's also a thing where it's like, listen, I am a big Sony guy. I've said it on the show. You know, I love both Xbox. I love all three of them pretty much. I mean, but yeah. I love me some PlayStation. And listen, it's great that. What they have going for them right now is the fact that they have first party releases that are actually coming out like that is I think that's almost that's right. in, a, in a way what's sort of carrying them right now is that you Absolutely. can't say that nothing's coming out for our console like we have a steady flow of stuff coming out. And but I almost feel like like if that's all you have going for you, it's almost like the reverse argument that I have about Xbox. Like, it's great that you have Game Pass. It's not great that your first-party games are not coming out on time, and I've maintained that. That's right. This is almost the other way around. It's great that you have games coming out, but now you're, you're, you're damn near gouging your, um, you know, your user base, and you're punishing people on, in a way, in a roundabout way, for not being able to get a console before your price increase, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it's easy for us on, on the American side of things, you know, especially if we already have the console to go, oh, well, I mean, that's not a me problem, but it is because guess what that makes me think is going to happen when PSVR that's 2 right. comes out? And what's that price point going to be now? It, it feels like a signs of things to come because sure, that how about the new uh, the controller. Uh, DualSense Edge that's coming right. out? You know, how about uh, games? Are games going to be $80? You know, like there's just, it just feels like the beginning of something that is not going to go over well. And I, I question whether or not they'll revert this. I, I, I don't think they will, but they might, <laughs> especially with Nintendo and Xbox out here be like, no, what the fuck? <laughs> we're they, not doing they, that. They came back quick with that. They were like, nah, no, don't yeah. we're not even going to let you no, wait no. on that and wait and see. Like, yeah. no, we're not doing that. So I told Marco the baller move would be for Xbox to be like, actually, we're $50 cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to, yeah, yeah. We're going to knock down that Series S and X. And, and, and but, you know, it, while we're joking about that, like that is, this is working wonders for Xbox and and uh, Nintendo right now. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, yeah. at this point they've got to be cackling in their chairs because it's like y'all are just gift wrapping us good PR and we don't have to do anything. You guys are yeah, going already- out there and putting your feet in your mouth. You're raising prices, and meanwhile, like. Game Pass, I mean, it's had a slow year, but it's about to ramp up, and yeah. and now the value proposition argument's going to ramp up along with it again. We're coming into holidays with that momentum now, and you, yes, you have God of War, you have Last of Us coming out, but now you've got this price increase coming into the holidays. It's not going to be good, and and Switch is always going to sell. They can just lay back and take a nap, and they'll they'll still sell. So they don't have, they are they are coasting right now off the backs yeah. of Sony's the mighty, mistakes. It's it's ridiculous. The mighty Keith, the uh, mighty Keith sketch writes itself. Oh my god, uh, I, I know it's going to be funny, <laughs> but it's it, it's true, man. I mean, I, I know we got to move on, but I will just. But here's go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Here, no, before you finish that thought, here's I got a question for you because what's going to happen? Next year, when all Sony has, well, let's see, all Sony has in terms of first part, first party games yep. is Spider Man and uh, maybe something else. Like once that so, starts to slow down, because it happens all the time. It, it, Sony ramps up, has all the good shit, and then it slows down for a couple of years, and then it has all the good shit again. That's kind of like that's kind of like well, par for the course. What's gonna happen when that's all you have? 
and then you don't have that and all you have left is a very expensive uh console uh just uh, a, a a a disconnect between you and your and your consumer and now the unfortunate internet trolls out here uh, giving it back to you uh, the way you gave it to xbox like there is an amalgamation of things that, that are happening that really really uh could spell bad news for playstation right. and it's all self-inflicted that's the craziest thing it's all self self-inflicted like they didn't have to do this they didn't have to do this and they chose to do it and they're going to bear some consequences even if they revert that back because i remember when xbox tried to, to double the price of gold uh even when they took it back it took a while for people to stop talking about that bullshit mm-hmm. you know yeah, sorry. But no, I no, no. You, you were up. going exactly where I was going to go too, because I'm, you know, thinking about next year, and it's almost like you're you're gift wrapping um, Xbox an advantage, and yeah, you know, PlayStation might very well have a fine year next year too with with their releases, but because we don't know Absolutely. what else they've got, you know, in, in the chamber. But at the same time, at some point, they have got to address the value proposition of PlayStation. Like that cannot continue to go, you know, swept under the rug like it has been because it's just going to start becoming nonsensical for somebody to choose a PlayStation over an Xbox. Even if they love PlayStation, you can't you cannot look at Game Pass for that for everything that it provides and and, and run away from it forever. Eventually, you're just screwing yourself yep. out of saving money and. If we are in, in, in a tough time like this with with uh, inflation and, and cost of living and whatnot, that is going to matter after a while. So, man, I hope that a year from now, maybe even two years from now, that PlayStation goes through some wholesale changes of philosophy. I don't know if it's going to be as extreme as getting Jim Ryan out of there, but I do feel like they're going to have to address how to look like they have a good value proposition for their community. Maybe that's going to mean doubling back on getting their games day and date on PlayStation plus. I don't know, but they got to do something. This is, this is, this is cool. Yeah. It's going to be more difficult to do because when you have Xbox American based and you have Nintendo that is Japan based, but they don't really give a shit about the consumers either. But Sony's problem has always been the same thing: self-inflicted wounds. They 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 did it with with PS3, uh, you know PS4. They came back, you know they humbled themselves, and now they're back on their bullshit again. So mm-hmm. it's 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 this it's the up and downs of, of self-inflicting themselves with, with these kind of like shooting themselves in the foot with 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 this stuff, but. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's a Jim Ryan thing, just because Jim Ryan probably doesn't have any say specifically in this kind of stuff. However, he's kind of the guy that they're kind of using to talk about this stuff. So a a, a symbol, a, 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 it has to be an, a, like a sim, like a, how you call that? Like mouthpiece a, of the whole thing or? Like a mouthpiece. You have to, you know, maybe get rid of that just as a, sim, a symbolic gesture towards like we're changing. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I it, it It's so weird for seeing PlayStation be PlayStation and then pretty much, like you said, gift wrap, you know, a potential uh, lead in, in the industry just based on bullshit. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, speaking of Xbox. Last news item here on on our hit points segment. In an interview with Bloomberg, uh, Xbox CEO Phil Spencer slated that he thinks console exclusive titles will become something we're going to see less and less of. That's in quotes. He claims that Xbox is dedicated to bringing more players together, regardless of their device, and believes that shared gaming experiences shouldn't be shackled by the piece of plastic you own at home. How do we feel about Phil Spencer's statements and the future of console exclusives, Marco? 
What do we got? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the Bloomberg interview is obviously convenient timing, right? You know, convenient. The, the Activision Blizzard acquisition, um, you know, in, in, in process right now. I think putting Phil Spencer in... Um, Put him, putting him in a, in a place like this so he can talk through these ty- types of things outwardly uh, makes sense from a PR angle, and it creates some level of, albeit forced artificial reassurance that hey, we're not going to be you know villains as soon as this this deal closes kind of thing. Um, so I, I get I get the timing of it, but I think you know it, it's obviously a little contradictory. Um, when you look at yeah. Bethesda and, you know, when you talk about, uh, some things that he said in the past about, you know, how, um, he wants game, he th- you know, certain games are more profitable when they're, you know, multi-platform. So why would he not put Call of Duty on PlayStation? I mean, you can make the same argument about Starfield, you know, what it would have been more profitable to put it on more consoles than just one. Right. So like, obviously there's a little bit of, of game he's playing here to uh to kind of get things to look good for microsoft i think i'm kidding i'm getting a little tired of that aspect of it like i i get it you guys want to seem like you're super super good um and you you you're doing the right things you know for for gamers right now we just talked about that with value proposition yeah but um I think this this interview to me was just more of like um, you know looking good out in the public and trying to you know up uh, uphold that 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 good the good guy image of of Microsoft so that this whole deal can close. But as far as his actual principle yeah. about the whole you know believing gaming shouldn't be shackled by pieces of plastic, I mean who wouldn't say that? I mean I I, I would agree with that you know ten times out of ten. Um, it's just not the way the industry works, and I think even Xbox knows that deep down. Yeah, even before this merger stuff, Phil Spencer's always kind of said the right things about that kind of stuff. Like he 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 wants a, a he wants all three systems to be able to to talk to each other and 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 kind of being inclusive that way. And, and like to your point, it doesn't work that way. Personally, I don't want to hear Phil Spencer talk until this acquisition happens because everything he says, uh, be it uh, the most just a, a tweet or, or or even like an interview of this, it's all for. Uh, kind of putting p- those people who are responsible for approving this at ease a little bit, kind of hearing him say the things that they want to hear just because based on the complaints that they've gotten. Uh, this is all fucking <laughs> mumbo jumbo bullshit. Phil Spencer's always been the, the the say the good, the right thing stuff. But even now I'm kind of like rolling my eyes every time Phil Spencer talks because it feels it feels less genuine now, you know, before it's like, yeah, this, this is the type of guy he is. He's a killer. In the, he's like a, a killer in the streets, but he, he knows how to, how to, he knows how to appease everybody. He knows how to say the right yeah. things. But right now it just feels not good. It feels like he's, he's, he's playing the corporate game and it is so fucking obvious that it's actually kind of annoying. Uh, but yeah, I mean the whole less and less, uh, exclusive that's already been happening for years. I mean, there were entire genres of video games locked away on a PlayStation, you know, or, or on Xbox. Like that's always, that, that was the case back then. It's less so now, you know, you had Star Wars, like Final Fantasy, Tomb Raider, who were PlayStation games now pretty much considered uh, across the board, multi-plat at least in the last couple of years, but it's, it's, that's an obvious statement. And then in terms of the future of, you know, not being shackled by a piece of plastic going at home, you know, that could be, that could be meant as play games anywhere, but also could be played more or less like cloud based stuff. You know, he's, it's a double entendre in that way as well. But um, yeah, this is a, this is all fucking bullshit when it comes to that. I am pretty tired of this stuff. I just, 
I want people to stop reporting on the merger. I want all this stuff to happen because it, they're, they're just talking out their ass. I, we talked about this in the past. This, I would be shocked if this doesn't go through. And this is just kind of more layering more unnecessary stuff onto that. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm, I've I've heard all I need to hear. I get it. You know, you guys are the good guys, and you're doing everything great. And, and you you don't need to keep. You don't need to keep doing this. I'm sure the deal is going to yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. You guys are going to be fine, and we'll see how the how things stack up when you know the deal closes and new games get announced from Bethesda and and, and Activision Blizzard, and then we'll see what you do. But like honestly, like I feel like they're trying to talk more like as if they're a publisher in this interview than they are as a console maker, and and you know you're kind of it's a little contradictory in all the ways we just described, but, um, I mean, yeah, but there's also a reason why when Bloomberg and not IGN, right? Exactly. Because the, yeah. Yeah. Because it can do that because people don't really understand. Like the readers don't understand exactly what, what he's very, talking about. Very the difference clever. between clever, clever job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's go ahead and move into the main event of the show. Our checkpoint chat. It's time for the Checkpoint Chat. So if you guys are paying attention to gaming news, you guys would know that Gamescom is happening right now. But we're going to go ahead and focus on Jeff Keighley's opening night live. ONL as he tried to, to coin many, many times on the show. Um, and we're going to kind of go through the stuff. We're not going to go through everything because it was two hours of... Of Jeff Keighley man, doing it. It was two event. hours or something. Just, it was a Jeff Keighley yeah. event. <laughs> yeah. Two hours or something, and we're just we we went ahead and we kind of compiled the list of the things that we saw that we thought were either interesting or at least things that we want to kind of talk about uh, in terms of what we saw. So we'll go ahead and start from the very top here, and we're gonna start with the first game we saw actually on the show, and these won't be in any right. order, but this was actually the first game we saw, and that's everywhere. Uh, former Grand Theft Auto Five Max Payne Three Red Dead Redemption producer, uh, new open world. It seems to be a possible metaverse game. Uh, and this was interesting because they had the floor to talk about this game. And we still don't know what the fuck this game is <laughs> at all. Many rumors of it being a, a, a NFT game as well. Uh, and it just seems like a really bizarre kind of presentation where they showed this open world game with different art style and then went ahead to, to not even Jeff Keighley was like, so what is this game? And the guy's like, ha ha, this game is going to blow you away. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, this is the game that players are going to finally have their cake and eat it to a direct quote. What is that? Like, oh what are you God, talking dude. about? You know? Uh, but yeah, I, it just, it's just one of those things that this is how you open up this uh, opening night live with a a bullshit crazy ass looking game. What did you did you think of anything when you saw this? I let out the the longest sigh of my life when he started with it because it's <laughs> just, like literally like I don't understand how Jeff Keighley could have said this is how I want this show to start off. Like normally yeah. his shows can be hit and miss, but normally the beginnings of his shows start off on a pretty solid note. Then they kind of taper off. That's for right. A, the rest of it until yeah. the very end. This one was bizarre to me because it was like they had these the, like the developer commentary first and like the the like the the piano music behind them and we we're just so passionate about creating a world that everyone can experience <laughs> together and it was one of those things and then you see what it is and it's like oh it's just some 
metaverse looking trash like what are we doing yeah here? so and the dude behind it leslie benzies uh benz leslie benzies or leslie benz he he was a disgraced producer of grand theft auto who got kicked out because even they thought he was too toxic before oh my the, God. The, the, that shit broke that's ridiculous crazy. so like, I, when i saw this i'm like okay this is just some you're trying to feign this like passion between your team so that you yeah. can create this world where you can charge people for a bunch of random stuff. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not into That's this right. at all. So it's like everywhere. I'm like, I want to be anywhere, but here, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, how's it going? <laughs> After, uh, okay. What? So let's go down the list here. Uh, so dead Island two is back. Maybe, yeah, I put this I one on the list I mean, higher up than where it, it showed because it was like the last thing. Yeah, they we're showed. just gonna go through to what we saw. Yeah. Go ahead and talk about it, Marco. What did you think about this? Because I um this leaked before the show, obviously. Yeah, did, yeah. Uh and I was pleasantly surprised, to be quite honest with you. This is a game that's been in absolute development hell. And what I saw was like, oh, this is yeah, I remember Dead Island. Dead Island was kind of fun. Like this looks like a lot of that. Uh what do you think? Uh do you share that sentiment or is it kind of like eh? um before I do that, um one second. <sighs> Sorry, that means that I'm I'm <laughs> I'm now 69% better. I just wanted to provide that update if you were following me at the beginning of the show. No, because this it, the reason why the, the reason why I went up is because uh Dead Island 2 kind of had me like going, "Wow, this is pretty incredible, man." Like I was yeah. looking forward to talking about this game. Um I think um this kind of took me off guard because of two reasons. Number one is I think they are so good at those CG trailers. And I don't, I don't normally give credit for CG trailers, but they have a way of just knowing how to, how to do those right. And it, it did a perfect job of explaining the um, kind of what, you know, the, the, the developer said when they brought her up on stage, like the, the irreverent tone of this game was perfectly captured in that, in that uh, initial CG trailer. And then when they transitioned over to the gameplay, it was looking really good, dude. Like yeah. it looked fun. Um, it does obviously share some some similarities in in some ways to uh, Dying Light uh, as a series, right. minus a lot of the parkour stuff. But I think what they are kind of leaning more towards is like we're not going to make you like the most nimble guy or girl that can jump around and do whatever, but we can give you a really fun assortment of things you can kill zombies with, kind of like Dead Rising right. in a way. It, I, so exactly, I have. I literally have a bullet points of Dying Light and Dead Rising, like yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. It, it, so I thought it looked great. I think visually it looks cool. The art style looks cool. Um, I don't. I, there wasn't really anything about it that I looked at and went, ah, oh, I don't know about that though. Like uh, everything that yeah. they showed seemed really solid, and they also seemed like. Hopefully, this is not just the way they made it seem, but they they came at this as if we really put a lot of time into polishing this the right way. Uh, so it didn't it didn't feel like one of those vertical slice trailers where you're just seeing the best of it, but there's a lot of jank going on, kind of like a Saints Row thing. Like it actually felt like they they are in a very good space with the development of the actual game. I I would love to know the story behind Dead Island Two and why it took like half a decade for this game to show up again yeah. now. And it looked really cool. I, I I bet you it got I bet you restarted development somewhere along the road, uh, but. The first Dead Island and Dead Island Riptide, I remember, were pretty good games. Uh, I think they did a lot of what this this game was doing. Mm -hmm. But this looks like 
to the next level of that. Like they, they went all out. Um, and I, I thought it, I thought it looked great. It's coming out February 3rd. Uh, so 2023 is looking to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, that, that I, I was, if you would have, you know, gun to my head, is that Island two reveal going to be good? No, nah, I, I would have said so, no. Though. I mean, why would it be? I mean, and it is, it shocked me probably, probably the game of the show for me, uh, in that sense. But, uh, we'll, maybe we'll pick that at the end of, uh, once we go down through all this list. Um, Next game on here that we want to talk about is The Expanse, a Telltale series. They show some pre-alpha footage, and they've uh, since then said that the game is coming out summer 2023. Marco, what did you think about this? Telltale's back, baby. (laughs) He's so stupid. (laughs) Um, Something's really wrong with him in the brain, y'all. No, I mean, I think this looked pretty good, actually. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. It, it seems like they are doing a really good job of capturing the essence of the show, which is really nice. Um, yeah. But I do think that they are doing a pretty good job, from what I saw anyway, of kind of trying to make it their own, kind of like they usually do when they take a license like this. Um, and I was pretty intrigued about it. I think the cinematics look really interesting. Um, the emotionality uh, through their art style uh, comes across very well with facial expressions and whatnot. Um, and I think that they're onto something here. So ever since this got debuted, I was like, I don't know, man, this looks kind of good. And this, and, and this, even it though does. it was pre-alpha, I think what they showed was actually really impressive. So I got my eye on this one. Um, how are you feeling? Yeah. I mean, the show, the show itself is, is kind of like Game of Thrones in space a little bit, you know, a lot of political stuff going on, yeah. lot well-written stuff. So this kind of seems like an ingenious, uh, IP to pick up and make a telltale game because it, 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 it work it works. It has the action portion of it. It has the intrigue. It has the, the conversational aspect. Uh, it has all that stuff that, that the show has, uh, the book has, and, and now transferring to this kind of game. Fantastic. You know, any other studio would have been make this a straight up like years of war type of game. Um, yeah. The fact that you know it's Telltale Games and it's going to be able to 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 kind of capture all the things that makes the expanse the expanse. So I'm super pumped about this. It looks great. Um, now the next game on the list here, <laughs> I, I'll admit it looked good, but I'm never going to play. It. And that's New Tales from the Borderlands coming out this year, October 2022. I don't think they gave a date. The thing that pissed me off about this shit is they have developers producers writers writers artists all working on this game and jeff still picked fucking randy pitchford to come out and talk about this shit i mean dude i i I don't get it this guy has continuously shown to be just shitty dude they found like a hard drive with like like a porn on it it was like underage porn but he was uh, uh, he was trying to learn a magic trick just uh, what the uh, fuck? accusations of him stealing money Yo. uh from the company to a whole bunch of crazy shit and this man still is on stage jeff Keighley's still having this guy what a fucking weird uh way to pitch this game one and two we here at the cooldown time podcast are not fans of borderlands uh no. we don't like randy pitchford either so um you know this doesn't really do much i just kind of wanted to bring that up and I, i'm the one that added on the list because i wanted to be like hey just in case we haven't said it lately, <laughs> fuck Randy Pitchford. Man, you know? Jeff putting him on stage to me is, uh, man, that, that kind of bothered me a little bit, actually. Um, yeah. I don't really care yeah. about the game either. I don't really want to talk about the game, but I just think J- Jeff Keighley's in a weird spot. I understand that with when it comes to like the game awards, it's partially funded by Activision Blizzard, so he had to kind of watch his words there when he was dealing with the initial um, blowback from all the accusations and stuff with Bobby Kotick. And now you bring in 
now you're bringing Randy Pitchford on stage too. Like, what what are you doing, bro? Like, I I understand you you want to make sure that you. It, Jeff Keeley's never met an elbow he won't rub with, with an elbow. You know what I mean? <laughs> he just never. It doesn't matter. I love that. <laughs> it does not matter where you've been, what you've done, how bad of a person you are. Oh, come on, come on stage and tell us all that we're really looking forward to your game. And like, you yeah. can't do that with everybody, man. I'm sorry. Uh, it's cool that you wanted to have this on the show, but you should. I mean, if if Randy Pitcher was like, you got to either put me on stage or we're not going to feature this game on your on your show. You get the game off the show. You'll you'll be fine. Yeah. You're still Jeff Keeley. You can't do that, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But this yeah, this that, guy should be blacklisted from being on anybody's stage. I, I, I hate to say it that way, but it's just how it is to me. Yeah, I don't I don't um I don't know how involved uh, Randy Pitchford even is uh, on this game. I, I, he he doesn't really get involved too much in creative uh, uh, stuff here. So I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. That seems super weird to me that he's on here at all. But it is what it is. We're moving on from uh, that shithead and this game that people tend to like, but we don't. Next game. Let's talk. Let, let's get weird, guys. Yeah, this one's about. Do you like Pinocchio? <laughs> <laughs> no, Look, it's actually about. Uh, it's, lies- it's actually about uh, Pitchford. It's the lies of Pitchford. <laughs> yeah. The lies of Pitchford, lies of Pablo, the lies of Pinocchio, or better oh known God. as Lies of P. Originally announced in 2021 with this weird trailer, now shows off a gameplay trailer, and it's coming to Game Pass and consoles in 2023. I'm going to say something, Marco. Does this game look good? It actually kind of does. Does it look original? No. It looks like Bloodborne. Yeah. Is this source material right for Bloodborne source-like <laughs> treatment? The fuck are you talking about? Oh, man. Uh I don't I don't get this game. I mean, I think artistically it looks cool. It does look like Bloodborne. Um, you know, it looks like another one of those blood, uh, one of those uh, Dead Souls Bloodborne-esque games that can be hit or miss, never reach the, the, the level of, of greatness that are from software games to begin with. So it is a super weird... <laughs> I'm stuck on the source material. Uh, I, keep, I keep wanting to say shit like, you know, like in the words of Jurassic Park's Ian Malcolm, like they were so preoccupied with whether not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should because why would they do this uh, why would why what that nose do talk to me about this marco that lies do. of lies of p i would if this was a game where you know you could you know interview master p and catch him in a lie then i'd probably be more excited than that <laughs> uh, than what i saw here I, I don't know man i don't i don't i really don't know i don't know what they're going for i feel like um this is one of those like are we scraping the bottom of the barrel here for like licenses to use now? Like, a, is it is it the chic thing to do, like to to grab something that nobody else has used and kind of spin it in this weird, serious kind of tone and something like that? Absolutely. There's a new Winnie the Pooh horror movie coming out. What are we doing? Soon. Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah, of course. Um, I don't know, man. It's on Game Pass, so yeah, I'll try it. But I, I, I literally don't even know how to feel about this. I don't know how to feel yeah. about it. It just looks to me like if, a mix of Bloodborne with a little bit of like a Dishonored art style, Greedfall-looking art style kind of thing, and none of it makes sense to me whatsoever. So, I think if you, if you want a fair shake on the game in terms of kind of really understanding of this what this game is, watch that trailer. Get Don't go to your local... Uh, Twitter Xbox fanboy page because they're already talking up this game like the next coming of Jesus H himself. <laughs> uh, look, look, guys, 
stop. Mm-mm. So somebody already said this was the game of the show for them. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Uh, let, let let's go ahead and move on here. You mean Gotham Knights? It got a new release date of, of October 2021, which is four days earlier. Uh, not a thing I had on my video game bingo. The second game of the year moving up uh, from its release uh, time. I, I'm going to have to admit here, I think that this is probably the best the game has looked. Uh, I think showing off all the bosses and and, 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 and uh, it's it's it just looked really cool. Still not interested. I I, mm-hmm. I don't think that the game is 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 gonna. It's not for me. I I like the Arkham Knight games. I don't like what they're doing here conceptually with with all the switching back and forth between players and what they're trying to do with the multiplayer stuff. But I think in terms of how it looked, I think that this is the best showing the games had. Uh, but um, at this point, this game is what it is. I, I think that they know that, uh, and. I think people will love it and people will hate it. I, I honestly think this game is is the the epitome of like seven and a half, eight, you know, seventy five, seventy eight yeah, in terms too. of open critic. Uh, terms yeah, of game. me but, too. Yeah, what did you think? I mean, it was a cool trailer because it was more cinematic than anything we've seen. That's right. Yeah. And I, I'm with you there, but I can't get that gameplay out of my head, dude. That stuff looked bad. Yeah. When, you know, when they had it on yeah. IGN or wherever it was, I was like, That's right. This looks horrendous. This looks so slow and, and kind of just the lumbering movement of, of the characters. I'm like, what is this? So I think I think yeah. they just need to get this out. I mean, okay, it's out early, fine, whatever. You, just you know, that I guess that means you can get started on tuning the game better afterwards <laughs> a little bit earlier. That's fine. I mean, I hate to sound so so cantankerous about it, but it's just like Everything about this game to me screamed, hey, we could probably use another couple months to get this gameplay formula up to speed, literally. Um, and they didn't want to do that. Now it's coming out four days earlier. So it's like, uh, okay. I mean, I guess you get your sevens yeah. um, on the review aggregates uh, earlier yeah, than yeah. that. I mean, so uh, cool for you. I don't know. I just, to me, it's a miss of a game. Uh, I think it is, uh, it's going to sell fine because it's Gotham Knights and, and that's going to attract a crowd. But, I just don't think there's any reason we'll to see, get though. this until it drops on a Game Pass type of service. We'll see, though, because, I mean, the Batman games had the luxury of having Batman in the title. This is Gotham Knights. Like, I, I mean, I know if you know Batman, you know what Gotham is, but I, I, I don't know if this is, like, even the naming convention seems a little weird to me. Um, yeah, but I, I, I totally agree with you on that. I, again, this I, I me and Mark will talk about this pretty much every other episode we're open to being surprised like we were with gardens of the galaxy that's kind of our, our that's kind of our our, our pillar mm-hmm. now in terms of we're open to be surprised of course we're open to being surprised and hopefully this is what this is but i don't think <laughs> i don't think that's what's happening here uh the next thing showed surprising hardware uh it's the playstation dual sense edge controller uh it was revealed what did you think about this before I tell you what I think about um, this, I didn't really have too much of an opinion about it. I'm not really, I'm not really one of the consumers that that get into the pro controller type of thing, um, so it doesn't really do a lot for me personally. But I think it's cool that the option is there for people that want something more. Um, it does seem like it's relatively customizable and, and does a lot of the mapping things you would, basically everything you come to expect from a pro controller like what Xbox does. Let's just call a thing a thing. Um, so I'm glad that it's, that it's there. I think the concern, especially after what we talked about with the price increase is what is this going to cost? Um, and how good is it actually going to be in comparison to the dual sense controller that we already have? 
Um, so that th- those are my main two things that, that I think are sticking points. But yeah. I don't mind that it exists, though. I just think there's some there's some questions they're going to have to answer, um, especially in the for case sure. of price. So that's where I'm at. The pricing is for yeah. sure. Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, I think PlayStation, the DualSense, it's not my favorite controller. Uh, in hand, it feels fine, uh, better than 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 the uh, the DualShock for sure. Yeah, I'm not uh, documented here on saying I'm not a super fan of everything it does with like uh, the 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 vibration, the making my hands numb <laughs> and shit. Because you got limp wrists. But I have to say. Yeah, but I have to say, man, this this control looks dope as fuck. I think the design is oh, like, I like the design. awesome. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the design is awesome. It's it is basically that the elite controller, which is not a bad thing at all. Right. Uh, mappable buttons. It has paddles. It can be modified, uh, and it has all the things that you come to love for, from the DualSense. I think, that, like, like you said, depending on the price, I'd be interested to adding this to my video game setup. Uh, I I got my my uh, Elite Two, and I I think it's fantastic. It, it I like the heftiness. It feels great. I, I I hope that this feels the same way. That that nice little weight, that premium feel to it. Because PlayStation does have a little bit of an issue with premium feeling things. I think like the the 3D audio headphones suck. Uh, I think that the uh, the camera shit, like just weird stuff that that the PS5 has in terms of like its its accessories. Uh, it's premium, mm. yeah, accessories. So I hope this feels great. But everything I saw about this, I, I'm genuinely surprised as to how much I was into this. I'm like, that looks fucking awesome. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to this. Uh, something I'm not looking forward to is hearing Hideo Kojima wax poetic about how he makes video <laughs> games. That's Hideo Kojima, the the famed uh, uh, video game developer on ONL. He went decided to announce a brand new video game. Uh, wait, what is it? Does that say podcast? Podcast, sir. A new podcast exclusive to Spotify, sitting there in the studio where I bet you he records a podcast where Michael Jackson recorded fucking Thriller, apparently. <laughs> and right next to the what? corner has Spotify in it. It just looked like a. It just. We're, I'm recording a podcast here <laughs> in my living room. This man is sitting behind a multi million dollar board. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, look i there's a there's a prologue uh, episode which i listened to <laughs> i want no part of this i don't want to hear Hideo kojima talk he about is. how smart He's he is and how different he is when he talks about developing vi- video games i, I think kojima is a, a, a great video game developer but he's He's a lot. He thinks he's a lot more than oh what he is in terms God. of like his creativeness and all that stuff. So, listen, if you like Hideo Kojima, maybe this is for you. I love Hideo Kojima, and I can tell you with all honesty, I'm never hearing a goddamn <laughs> episode of this show. I'll tell you that right now. Yes. What do you think about Hideo Kojima taking to the O and L stage to announce a fucking podcast? What a, we- what a what a what a what a strange man. What a strange guy. I every time I think Kojima's whole days are behind him, he figures out a way to completely reconfirm that his wholeness is going nowhere. Now he wants to talk <laughs> about how much of a hoe he is on a podcast. But you know, it's going to be all buddy buddy talk about his people that he knows in the industry and in Hollywood. You know it's going to be a lot of that. Get this did you did you actually uh, hear what the um, original name of the podcast was supposed to be? No, no. Oh, okay. It was supposed to be called the Ooh Bitch Podcast um, because it- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? No. By the way, what's it? Joke, it, it, it? It's called Brain Structure. Uh, brain? Yeah. Nah, this ain't Brain Structure. This is Hoe Structure. This is this how is to damage. be a, how to be a better hoe. 
Um, it's it, to me, it was so self indulgent that it was obnoxious to me. And he's just, and apparently he's in the thriller studio. <laughs> I can just see Michael now. It's close to midnight. Kojima's just sitting there on the ones and twos. Run that back, please. Oh my God. Where did this segment go? Um, All right. Yeah. Okay. So, podcast. I don't care. I don't care. Um, The only thing that I gleaned from it that I thought was interesting is he said he was working on games. So plural games yeah, and development. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Interesting to hear that, I guess. But this guy is going I, out of I his mean, way to not Xbox show anything game. to me. Yeah, it's the Xbox game and and probably uh, Death Stranding too, which has been rumored to be uh, being made. Yeah, um, there is again. There's a prologue. Go listen to it and cringe. Ooh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're moving on, and we're gonna stay on the who gives a fuck. Drain. Uh, we got Sonic Frontiers here. New trailer. Uh, new release date. Oh, a release date finally revealed, which is November eighth, one day before um, God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, they're tucking that. They're tucking that bitch in real nice. Um, I let me say just this because I don't want to be completely negative. Like Gotham Knights, this is the best trailer Sonic Frontiers has put out, showing new areas, showing these new little kind of moments in the level where you it looks kind of side scrolly, almost like the original one, but in a three D way. That looked pretty cool. That uh, all that uh, it, it, it just showed a lot better. I still don't care, and the fact that they're releasing it a day before God of War. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they they know what they're doing because regardless of what happens to the game, whether it's mediocre or it's bad, nobody's going to be talking about it unless at 24 hours later when the biggest game of the year releases. Um, it, it's it's astounding that this game, it, it, wh- how uninteresting this game looks, and the fact that it's coming out the day before God of War. I can't get over that. That's insane, Marco. What do you think? Well, did you hear also? And this isn't a setup for a joke. This is actual. Um, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently it's going to be called Sonic. Ooh, bitch. Um, <laughs> no, um, apparently the um, one of the zones in Sonic Frontiers has um, one for one been copied and pasted from a previous Sonic game called Sonic Unleash, um, Unleashed. Um, so they are basically reusing, <laughs> they're rehashing level designs from their old games oh. and kind of passing it off as this is something new. So fans caught on to oh. it, um, and somebody on Twitter posted a comparison video, and it's currently at over 43,000 likes, so people have been seeing this. It It's just the perfect representation of the complete dumbfounded stupor that the sonic team is in when they make sonic games and i you know i don't care how good this trailer looked to be honest because what's what's behind it is what we saw when ign first revealed it and when we find out things like this it's like just absolute bare minimum effort barely any thought gets put into doing something truly original it's just such a gratuitously like let's just do a Breath of the Wild for Sonic kind of thing, and let's just try to sneak in some stuff we've already kind of done in the past here, almost one for one, and let's try to pass this off as something new and get it out this year. Um, I, I see no benefit to why this game is even out uh, in November. I don't, I yeah. don't get that at all. Um, I mean, I, I think that the data is showing us that it's going to probably 
it's probably being sent out to die, honestly. They're so steadfast on not delaying it. They're so steadfast on it's ready, it's coming out, but they're releasing it a day before the biggest game of the year. Like, what do I don't that doesn't make any sense? I to don't me. know, man. I don't know, but I'm not here for it whatsoever. Yeah, so we're a little bit of more of an uptick for me, and that is Return to Monkey Island, which launches on September 19th, which that's you know fairly mm-hmm. soon. Uh, and uh, I'm this game looks great. I, you know, the stuff they showed in terms of of of, you know, what you're gonna either love this kind of games, you either love them or you don't. That that that's it. This this game is not trying to sell you on. If you don't love point and click adventures, this is a game for mm-hmm. you. No, this is more of that, and I can't wait. I, I love the Monkey Island series. Um, what do you think, Marco? And also, we need we need open critic predictions here. Um, but yeah. what, before that, what do you think? Um, I'm not a big, uh, I'm not big on this series. I'd never got into it before, so I can only say just from how I see it optically, it looks interesting. Um, yeah, I think it's come together fine. I'm glad that they didn't um, decide to not show off the game after the, all the backlash happened about the art style. I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, I'm yeah, glad they yeah. didn't stick to that because it, this game still needs a rollout. <laughs> um, <laughs> yo. Sorry, I, my son woke up and I'm carrying him talking the show, and this man decided to cough on the mic and the ones and yo, twos. Get, yo, get get your man, man. Um, so, um, but yeah, I, I think it looks good though. I don't have a lot to say about it though. I'm glad it's coming out in September. Uh, well, actually, pretty soon now, um, less than a yeah, month. Yeah. So, uh, that's good news for for the Pavels of the world. Um, prediction time though. Uh, open critic prediction. I'm going with 79. Um, I think the game is going to be very solid. Uh, it seems like it's going to be probably one of those like quintessential eight out of 10 experiences with occasional sevens from some people that might be a little salty about some of the things that it's doing differently visually uh, that we saw some of the community talking about. But uh, I see it being a, a sevens, eights kind of uh, game, in my opinion. So I got it at 79 uh, for an open critic average. What do you got? A lot of people love these kind of games. Uh, and I think I'm factoring that into the, because I think people who review it are, are Monkey Island fans. Mm-hmm. And I think that these games are going to, this game is going to do everything that a Monkey Island fan is going to want to do. Probably, it, it, uh, probably some stuff isn't going to hit as much like before. Probably the, I'm guessing the writing and the humor might be a little bit not as good oh, as maybe, it was yeah, then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm going 85 wow, here for my open that's credit high. All right. I hope you're right. I, 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 listen, listen, I, I, I think closer to you in terms of maybe how I'd feel about the game, but I, I'm, I'm factoring to the fact that a lot of people love these kinds of mm-hmm. games and have a lot of nostalgia for it. And I can already see like the, the, the people out there that are the older gamers that grew up on this game, you know, finally having this game back and it also being a sequel to the second game and kind of ignoring the three and four, which people detest uh, to a certain yeah. extent. So uh, there's a lot of factors in okay. here. So I'm kind of playing the game here, trying to win this rather than, than and give you what I <laughs> actually think will will be okay got you yeah so the next game after that moving on here is sorry i gotta open this up here i was on the uh, thing um is moving out to very quickly moving out one is a game that came out uh, i think two years ago it's like overcooked but moving stuff out i thought the game was really cool um it got a little it got a little tiring towards the end but moving out too looks even better because they've added these incredible set pieces uh with moving out like this stuff is moving and it looks crazy and it <laughs> your has description of online... that is horrible <laughs> no sorry the stuff levels is, is the levels it's crazy <laughs> 
the the level is sorry i got my son yeah, cool. like, it's, like, it's like i got the I level the, the, the level design like there's certain things that you're uh like you're moving from one place to the other and then that portion of the of the house is like rotating mm. and moving in different ways so it kind of adds to the difficulty of you know moving out uh but that that comes out next year had the debut trailer it looked really really cool you have anything to say about that i don't want to play these games where i got to do hard stuff from real life i don't know what is that about like you're did you ever play like overcooked or moving out the first game? i never played either to be honest with you i was like as i worked yeah, in the restaurant I, business for like 11 years i'm like i don't want to play that i don't want to go through that in a yeah. video game let alone like i'm i just got off work so I was like nah I'm, I'm cool on that i i don't know <laughs> if it's on game pass or not but i would be interested to play in this game with you because it is fun it, i'm telling you it, it's really fun it's not like the appointment night right like every night play it but i think we play it once or twice we'll have a good time okay um the next game after that is the lords of the fallen the sequel to lord of the fallen uh <laughs> so not confusing at all this was one of those games that came out and people really liked uh it's like a dark souls like game but it has like gunplay and all that stuff and people really tend to like it and then the lords of the fallen looked really cool i think I, I, it looked interesting to enough to where i'll keep up with it to see what the final result is on the game itself anything on that I'm glad they have more than one lord. Uh, hopefully that helps with uh, yeah, you know it's a, the, their their workload. I guess I yeah work life uh, balance. You, know, you, you gotta know? have it. Um, I have no opinion about this at all. I, I didn't really care for you know uh, or was interested in the first one whatsoever. So this one is kind of one of those games where I'm like, yep, yeah, I expected that kind of thing to be shown here, the Jeff Keighley thing, because it's just sort of that meandering franchise that I think some yeah. people really, really are like hardcore into, but it's like in that cult classic-y sort of bracket of things that just doesn't uh, do anything yeah. for me personally. But in that way, I do appreciate games like this being shown because it's not all about the huge AAA game that we were talking about. They are catering to certain, uh, you know, certain audiences out there, so that, that's really yeah. cool. Um Next game after that is Hogwarts Legacy, new gameplay story trailer. I thought this looked great. I mean, I I, I I don't really have any new opinions on it based on the other trailer I saw. I think the story looks pretty cool. A lot darker than I thought it would because you can go into the dark arts yeah. and, it, and it gets pretty crazy. I, I think this game is going to be great, man. I think that them kind of pushing it back is is is, is them wanting this game to, to really hit and, and be good and also have a space to kind of shine rather than have to share limelight with uh with uh with God of War or anything like that. So I, I'm, 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 I'm really excited about this and I hope that the game uh, is as good as i think it's gonna be you did it do anything for you because i know you're not a harry potter guy at all but uh as an rpg kind of fan do you think that this game looks something like you would try um it, it's starting to yeah i mean i not to say yeah. that i thought this trailer was like a needle mover um for the game i thought that the playstation uh presentation they did a while back w did plenty enough um so this was just one of those like nice to have so it's cool to see this game again in a different capacity yeah. kind of thing um, I am interested sure. in it though. I think it could be a, it could be a good time, uh, even for somebody like me, but uh, I'd have to wait and hear what obviously fans have to say first to see how faithful it is and what they're doing with some of the story elements and characters or whatever, Yeah. uh, before I can kind of get a read on what this could be like for, for someone like me, but, um, I'll watch it. I, I think what's going to help, what's going to help this game is it's thousands of years, it's a thousand years, I think before, or about something like that, a couple of hundred, I don't know. It's a long time yeah. before uh, the original, uh, whatever, seven, eight movies or book. So they have a lot of leeway with the story. Mm -hmm. I think what 
what I like about it is it's going to be more of like a vibe. Does it feel like Harry Potter for the fans? But I don't think that's a necessity. He's going to make or break it in terms of a good game because let's say it doesn't feel like very hog, like a like a Harry Potter game, but it's an excellent RPG. It's even better for people like you who aren't really uh, Harry Potter fans. And I give a shit about that kind yeah. of stuff. So I think that the trailer does a good vibe, a good job of. Hey, I, that looks very familiar from what I know about Harry Potter. And also looks like a good RPG. So next game here on the list is Where Winds Meet. Um, uh, probably in an alleyway somewhere, right? Not toilet. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> no, this game looks absolutely fantastic. Um, it looks super ambitious. Uh, it's an open world game all about choice and i I, it looks really i i mean this is a standout trailer for sure um right now it only seems to be coming on pc but there's been conversation about consoles and i am sick and tired Mm. sick and tired of people talk calling this a love letter to ghost of tsushima like ign has been that's all they've been talking about the developers have never said anything (laughs) about that they they, they, there's some racist ass shit oh it's a western game it's japan's it's in China, actually. Uh, and it, it this looks more to me like... Uh, it looks more to me like... Uh, well, man, I'm forgetting Ghost the Ghost of China. <laughs> no, it, doesn't look, it doesn't look like Ghost of Shima at all to me, really. I mean, other than it's Asian-based. Um, it, it, it looks super cool. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, the developers did say that they're inspired by Nier Tamada. I don't know. I I think it was one of the things, but it, it looks super cool. Did, what did you think about this trailer? Um, I gotta be honest. At first, I wasn't really uh, into it too much. I was kind of on a totally different yeah. mindset with it because it seemed like um, the gameplay looked interesting, but it looked like it was carefully like orchestrated to make it look more actiony than it might be. Like, especially when they did the rooftop oh, to jump off and perfectly timed to, to grab onto the to the cart. Uh, and, and, and roll off like that to me seemed a little too well put together so I don't know if that was the best okay that's wasn't fair. the best representation of what I think the game is probably going to be um, and I thought that the performance looked a little janky too um, with the frame rate and yeah. stuff but um, I don't know what to make of it it just seems like a hodgepodge of ideas of th- that seem really cool this is true um, but how it's all going to kind of blend together to make a game I'm not really sure if I got a good read on that yet so but it did enough for me to kind of be interested in it, but the fact that it's not coming out on consoles and that I'm not a, a PC gamer whatsoever, uh, it kind of you know took the wind out of my sails a little bit and made me kind of go, oh, yeah. All right, well, I just I, I'll I just hope that this, this isn't like, yeah, like I just hope this isn't some sort of like really cool trailer and then the game ends up being like Naraka Blade yeah, Point or that's something what I like mean. that. Yeah, like just, uh, that's what I'm scared of. Uh, I'm actually super interested to see all these Chinese developers, like when their games finally come out, like how good are these games actually going to be? What's mm-hmm. the other game? The black, black, um, why do you do this? That's supposed it's the, it's the other big, uh, Chinese, uh, game that's coming out next year. Oh, I, I anyway. Know. Yeah. But it's like a, it's like a dark souls type. Is, it, the, is it Wulong? That looks really, no, Wulong is the other oh, okay. one. It, it might be Wulong. Black anyway, I think regardless. Black Myth or something like that. Yeah, 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 Black Myth. That's right. That one. That's the one. That one looks super cool, too. Um, so I'm really interested to see what the quality of these games are when they finally start coming out here um, in the States. But I'm interested. I, I am interested. I just hope that the, the way they've talked about it, it's, it's an open world RPG. It's all about choice. You can become uh, you know, a, a lord or, or a warrior. Like the, It's very ambitious in that way. I just hope that that, that isn't just code for MMO. Mm. You know, um, and which it could be, but we'll see there uh, what happens. Finally, um, 
the last game we have on our list is a game that I think we're safe to say we're both pretty lo- we're looking forward to it. Um, and that's the Callisto Protocol. They showed some gameplay. A lot of slipping and sliding. Mm-hmm. A lot of wait, wait. A lot of uh, gruesome yeah. deaths. Uh, just the stuff that you kind of... <laughs> This is the stuff that you look that you look at when you when you, you play these kind of games, specifically the Dead Space like of it. Um, but I thought this looked awesome. More of it. I, I thought it was wholly unnecessary to show more. Um, I get it. Uh, but hey, cool. You know, yeah. It, it looked I'm great. still. Uh, I I think this is the last time we 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 could really do what seeing this game. I think I think we get yeah, it. Now. Yeah, it's gory. There's gonna be yeah. the crazy deaths and all that stuff, and things are gonna be very horror-y. Um, so I think at this point, leave it alone, let it, you know, I think, I think people who are in are in and, um, there's no reason to see any more of it now. It's, it's, again, it's, it's almost like what Hogwarts legacy was to me with the trailer. It's like, it wasn't a needle moving trailer for me at all. It was just like, here's another thing that we're doing. And they, and and they almost described it in a very douchey way, uh, before they showed the clip of like, (laughs) it's going to be bloody gory and guts. It, it. You're gonna love the way this yeah, ends. Yeah, it's like uh, it, it almost reminded me like back in the day when Gears of War was a new thing, and uh, like Cliff would yeah. get on stage. It's gonna be grittier, gorier, better than ever. <laughs> All right, bro, relax. It, it, I had that same feeling when when he was describing what we were gonna see. Like, get ready for dismemberment, guys. Like, all right. To dude. be fair, to be fair, Cliffy B always probably hears. All right, bro, relax. Like every other day of his life. Um, I mean, he punched through a wall with a with a real life chainsaw gun. Like, what are we doing, man? But uh, yeah, yeah same, same feeling here. It was just kind of like, uh, all right, yes, I know, I know, it's gonna be gory. I think that that's all kind of the industry right now. The industry, besides the first party games, uh, is I think they're they're. There's something going on, man. There's not a lot of interesting things coming out. So I feel like I, I was telling Marco this in text. I feel like this this uh, open night live is is I I put it on Jeff because he put the show together, but he put together what he could, and I think that that's just something that's happening now with the industry. So much uncertainty in the future, the uncertainty in the future that they showed a lot of stuff coming out this year. I mean, they had a spotlight games like Lies of P and 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 talk about moving out and and, and games that I'm you know. We'll see what happens. Even Return to Monkey Island, yeah. games that are really we wouldn't see on on a on a showcase floor like this. Uh, it's the industry is in a weird spot right now. You know, I, if you had to pick, if you had to pick your standout game of the of the show, what what would it be? Um, I'd probably have to give it to Dead, to Dead Island too. Runner up probably be The Expanse yeah. for me. Um, I thought those two yeah. really looked good. Um, I, it kind of they were like trust building uh, trailers that I think really. Um, either put me at ease about, you know, just, you know, concerns or stigmas that I had, or it just kind of reaffirmed that like, okay, that, that project is on the right track from what I'm seeing so yeah. far. Everything else to me was just kind of one of those, and I just said it now with the Callisto Protocol, is one of those like, okay, I know, kind of things where it's yeah. like, all right, that, okay, got it, cool, okay, fine. It was like that yeah. feeling all throughout with a couple of like the weird, like, what the hell is Eliza P doing here uh, kind of moments. Yeah, so, exactly. That's exactly. all I really had for it. Yeah. Though. I, yeah, the Callisto Protocol is probably the game that I'm looking forward to uh, the most. That's that's not named uh, God of War, and then, but I think that the game the show for me was definitely uh, Dead Island yeah. too, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, I, anything else? Do you want to put a grade on this at all? On O and O? I'd probably put a 
I'll probably put a C minus on this one if I had to choose. Um, I think it yeah. was a pretty nothing show um, for a good portion of it there. It started off weak with the everywhere thing. That was just, to me, that was a terrible way to start. It's terrible. Um, but I do think that there were some pretty interesting things they showed. But again, it was just more of like a known commodity thing for the most part, uh, with a couple yeah. of exceptions. And Kojima working on Thriller with Michael Jackson, according to you. <laughs> yeah, we... Factoring the two-hour fucking showtime, the fact that you said everywhere opened the show, and then there was lol, 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 and then they showed Liza P, and then shit like that, and they brought Randy Pitchford on stage, and it's all this shit. I'm going to go D+. Mm. And I love Dead Island, too. I thought that was a great way to, to close it. But again, a lot like The Last of Us uh, remake, it, it leaked before, kind of taking the, the wings out of its tail a little bit, so the wind out of its tail a little bit. So I'm I'm going D+. I, I, I don't... I, he got to figure some shit out with this. Uh, and I know that uh, Gamescom isn't like E3 or anything like that. But, I mean, if you're going to promote this, you know, let, hour, 30, 40, 30 45, just something, <laughs> something that's that? not two hours of nothing. Like, no, we had a Kojima talking about a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Your son looked at you like, why are you like that? Um, yeah, he don't like he he don't. Like I don't think he's things. giving you an A for for your hosting pr- performance, but I, I'm gonna give you an A uh, for for what you did thank here. You. I, I think you did a fine that. job, sir. Well, thank you so much, and I appreciate all of you who listen to our nonsense week in week out. But that's gonna wrap it up this week. It's gonna wrap up this week's show. Until next time, be sure to give our podcast a sub if you enjoyed this, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Cooldown Time Podcast, so that will always be in your FOV. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Make me feel good.